I'm Casey Lanko. And I'm Tim Johansson. And welcome to Psychology at Work. Welcome back to Psychology at Work. What a snappy name. Well, do you know what I like about it? No, what I like about it, not why I like about it. Um, it's multiple meanings. Oh, right? say more. Work could be a noun. It could be a verb. Right. It's all kinds of ways to interpret it, which is fun. Psychology at work. I suppose in that way, it sort of maybe serves as a good projective assessment. Yes. Ooh, what, what I saw you what you did there. Psychology at work. Well, let's <laughs> check in. Yeah. So a little teaser, right? Um, my intention as I was reflecting on it, boy, I gave myself a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you had like six different things. Gentle and curious and pay it all. But, you know, we're going to work through it. We're going to try. We yeah. did. And I did have a few little nuggets. I think I kind of took from it. But so for the for the listeners, gentle listeners, right? A little reminder. So with my truth, which was my lived experience, my emotion, right? Whatever, whatever I'm actually experiencing not the action I'm taking or the opinion I'm having, mm-hmm. but with my lived experience being clear and concise about what it is. And so it was like, if I'm feeling excitement, just stating it. Yeah. And concise is helpful for me. Um, wasn't always true to that word. <laughs> couple weeks with it but tried yeah and found moments where i was concise and the the second part to it was with my opinions or my thoughts or my actions right i i often have paired those two my feelings with my action yeah you talked about that last time right and so if i'm excited Mm -hmm. right shifts away from that rather quickly into we're going to make a million dollars in six days. Right. <laughs> right. Which we didn't. But we're like making these predictions and kind of notice the tie between the size of the emotion and how grand the prediction might be. And so the bigger the emotion, the grander the prediction. And this I have experienced works in both all the positive stuff as well as some of the negative stuff. Yeah. So if I'm experiencing a a sense of anxiety or worry, the predictions, the grand predictions are very doom and demise. Right. (laughs) We talked about that in other episodes too, but just noticing this time those, how they kind of have developed their own relationship together the, for myself. the emotion and the action. My lived experience and my opinion are the action that I'm taking. Yep. And so what I've been in, what I've intended to now is kind of back out of that and describe what I'm feeling. And then with my actions, stay gentle and curious, which has really been kind of 
when I've done it, I've felt a very different sense of freedom than I have in the past because I don't have to do some grand big action. So the emotion doesn't have to dictate the behavior. Right. Right. Yeah. How lovely. I know. I know. So that's kind of been not Minnesota interesting, actually interesting. <laughs> Just yeah. to, Sounds and I've had, had some moments where I've been like, wow, I actually feel way more at peace right now, even well, though I might be feeling or experiencing worry. I still am feeling it and experiencing it with an undergirding of peace, which is you don't have to do anything with it. That's the piece. Yeah. I don't have to do anything with it. Kind of getting back to, I can just breathe right now. Well, I think what's interesting there too, is it it sort of gives credence to that idea very much from mindfulness practices that Mm -hmm. actually, if you, if you focus primarily on noticing the emotion and allowing it to be, yeah, it'll probably go away after a bit. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I appreciate how you said you had more moments of peace, or I'm paraphrasing yeah. that. The, the main word there was yeah, peace. I, yeah. What's interesting is my the the practice that I was focusing on had a similar result. Oh. It was different in that. So what I was doing was fo- sort of interrogating, if you will, yes. <laughs> word again, in a moment of reflexing toward. I need fill in the blank to actually ask myself, well, do I need it? Yeah. Or do I want it? Want it. And I, I, I did that um, fairly regularly uh, as it came up throughout the past two weeks. Yeah. And, and I think similarly around that piece thing, one key finding <laughs> we had significant finding even. I don't know. You can't really claim significance without data, I suppose, with a quantitative no. data. But anyway. Right. Um, 95% probability that the null hypothesis can be rejected. Right. I found I don't really need much. Mm. Almost every time yeah. when my internal was saying, oh, I need X, Y, or Z. And then I really pause and ask, well, do I need it or do I want it? What a wonderful question. It was usually, well, I probably don't actually need it. Right. And arriving at that spot, sort of like you had mentioned for yourself, this moment of calm and peace, because you actually, or I shouldn't say you, I hate it when people do that. I've been doing that lately. I don't know why. I... <laughs> not you. I one. Yes, one. Right? I sort of realize no, I'm okay. Like I don't yeah. I don't need right uh whatever in the moment. It doesn't right. even matter what it was. And what's interesting then is from that point, after that moment of realizing, well, I actually want this, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Right. You realize, well, I'll be fine. Yeah. If I have that or not. But then you also get to make a more and I get, I did it again. <laughs> I <laughs> I've noticed I've been doing that. Anyway, I 
I like I'm it. able to make a more intentional decision yeah. in the moment. Right. Because right? it's not to say just because it's a want doesn't mean don't do it or get it. Just right. do it. But but there's a more of a grounding impact of why you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Because uh, we, we absolutely right. do things that we want to do, obviously. Yeah. But you can almost get more enjoyment out of it if it's not sort of this graspy, needy type approach to it and realizing that I'll be fine if I don't have that Diet Coke and how lovely it is that I can yeah, when I want to. The more things we... See, I didn't say you. Yeah. <laughs> more things we, yeah. humans, can accurately put into the want bucket. Yeah. I think the more clarity we have on what actually is in the needs bucket. Uh-huh. Also too, and I've experienced this for myself in my intentions, the sense of allowing, just allowing things to be as they are, mm. right? People, circumstance, the world, just, it is what it is and allowing it to be what it is then actually lets me engage with it in a more intentional way, I think. And in being really clear on my wants and needs. Yeah. And I really, I would enjoy this yep. and I want to do this. And well, if circumstance just doesn't allow it to work out right now, I'm still fine. Right. And I actually can be at peace and be happy and find something else to do that I want to do. Right. I find that one can move more fluidly through the world without their sense of peace being contingent on other people. 100. That's what I heard you telling me. I think that's right. I think that's right. I've been obsessing about something. Really? Yeah. What now? No. Well, <laughs> it's it's uh, uh how do I frame it? I've been noticing how much yeah people use the the word yeah personality to describe or reference all kinds of things <laughs> that actually probably don't fall into the bucket of personality. Ooh. And you've you been know, obsessing about that. Semantics, it, you know, yes. at the end of the day, does it probably matter? No, probably not. Just but, allow, it, allow it to be. Yes, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make this my life's issue to take on. But I thought, well, what yeah. if we just took today mm. to, to help our listeners just kind of really put a, a clearer frame yeah. around personality, but, but then even maybe a little deeper one layer. Yeah. There are of course, a variety of, of theories of personality, mm-hmm. not so much what personality is, but how does it, how do we measure it and how do we understand it and explain mm-hmm. it? And we're going to not, we're, let's promise our listeners. Yeah. We're, we're going to not get too, we're going to try to keep right. ourselves reined in. 
Yes. Not, not get overly geeky and <laughs> academic and uh, what's that Reachy word? Even. <laughs> well, I can't promise that, but <laughs> <laughs> jargony. But yes, jargony. Um, I wonder if we committed to approaching this with gentle curiosity. Mm, we, that was your intention, not mine. Ah! <laughs> Fine, I will commit to that. No, I think that's I think that's a very fine commitment. Um, there well, are some there are some actual facts, right? In, in in definitions and things that can be helpful to all of us. So we'll wear, we, we'll wear our journalistic hats today, yeah, ooh. and and present the the truth to the people. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to ask you yeah. to start cuz I know you you have one of your favorite things to do is the 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 sort of academic definition of oh yeah of personality and and as we promised we're not going to get too far in the weeds but no there is personality is quite broad so I think it's okay to to say that mm-hmm. and even still there are sort of boundaries around what personality Show definitely, listeners. It's, yeah, it's go ahead. definitely a thing Right? right. Like personality is absolutely real. Yeah. And I think approaching that together, that is helpful because there's something to study and to kind of be, be curious about. So it's not like this thing called personality doesn't exist. And I think what's super important for, for us to level set on is that our shared understanding as humans of this thing called personality has grown. Yes. Considerably since the days of the four humors. Yes. Right. And since the days of Freud and since the days of whatever. Yeah. But we noticed as humans, there's something fundamentally in us that we notice when other people are different from us. Yeah. And we also notice when other people are similar to us. And so we start to go, hmm, wonder what it is about that person that motivates them clearly in a different way, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And wonder what it is about this person that, that they think so differently from me, mm-hmm. right? So one of the definitions of personality that offers little beyond it is, you know, personality is the unique and enduring structural constellation of one's traits, characteristics, and tendencies that asynchronously interact with one's socio-circumstantial environment to manifest in varying behavior. I think the important part in there is yeah. sort of this constellation, traits, we'll unpack that word in a moment, right. that interact right. with our circumstance, our environment. Yeah. yeah, And most often, not always, most often, those traits influence our behavior in similar ways in yeah. similar situations. Yep. How do we, here's a word that I like around personality. How do we tend to be, to be yeah. tendencies? Uh, I, I think that's a, that's a, let's lay that down right now. Personality. And, and we'll continue to unpack mm-hmm. it. It's not a, it's not a rule book for how we have to no. behave or how we will always behave. We've talked about this in earlier seasons, right? Yeah. Where your personality isn't as, isn't an excuse to never try something different. 
No, that, that's not it. <laughs> right. And I think that's one place that we can get stuck is approaching it as if it's telling me something about me that now I have to do. So one of the early sort of umbrella theories of personality mm-hmm. was that there are types. Right. T-Y-P-E. And so we kind of clump that into type theory. What's your type? Yep. And the assumption of type theory is that people fit into distinct categories. Yeah. Like categories is a good way to think about. Yeah. And think of all of the different imagery or metaphors you can think of, like, boxes, corners, sides, right? They are distinct and different. And if you're in that corner, this is who you are and what you do. And it's very different from the corner that's opposite of you or adjacent to you. Most pop psychology instruments are type-based instruments, right? I mentioned a couple, Enneagram. Everyone in the world almost is familiar with the Myers-Briggs. This is a type-based tool. And, and, and I mean, there's so many, I, you know, I don't even know where, where to stop, really. Right. Um, disc, very commonly used instrument. That is a type-based tool. Puts people into four categories, right? And you yeah. can have combos and whatnot, right? But, but the basis is that there are four primary categories, and you might have some combination of anything you'd add to the, the the survey here of yeah I think why that's been popular yeah because good. there's a level of utility to it there is otherwise people wouldn't want to know right I they think get it's something yeah and what we get is a highlight of how we're different from some people and the same as other people and I can do some useful things with that and there's there's a ceiling to how helpful that is. And we've been typing people since Archimedes. Comes very naturally to us. <laughs> yes. And so there's way more to the story. Well, and a couple more things on why I think people really, you know, love and appreciate these simple type-based instruments. They're really accessible. You, yeah. can, you can wrap your head around, oh, there's four. Like there's four categories right. that you could fit yeah. into. I'm in this one, you're in that one. Right. Right. And and so, you know, it's it's quick, simple to grasp. And and there's something about that, of course, that, that is appealing. And it's a nice way to kind of quickly gain a little insight and categorize. And as you said, there's obviously more to the story. Yeah. And so after sort of type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other psychologists were looking at ways of understanding personality yeah. in a different way, thinking right. to you, to your point, more to the story here. Mm-hmm. Right? And without maintaining our promise, without getting too far in the weeds, <laughs> trait theory really uh, came on the scene, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly encourage readers who are really interested. You know, if you Google that, you'll find more trait of the history theory. in the background. Yeah. But I think a, a, for me, the idea 
a word that sticks out to me when I think about trait theory is continuum. Mm. Yeah. Which is different than categorical. Yeah. Right. If you think about, oh, hopefully this isn't too geeky. If you think about sort of data, you think about categorical data. Right. Right. That's not scaled. It's right. You're in a box. You're you're red or you're green or you're a one or you're an eight. Yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. It's non-parametric. Yes. Google it. Very limited to what we can do with that kind of data. It is. And when we looked at, not we, but when, you know, earlier psychologists kind of started plotting behaviors and things of this nature, all of a sudden we see, oh, but human behavior isn't categorical. Right. It's not. We don't fall into clear, distinct boxes. Yeah. Trait theory opened up a whole new world, a whole new depth of understanding. and with type, we're really asking what kinds of people am I similar to and what kinds of people am I different from? Yep. What categories do I fit in? Again, helpful beyond nothing. Yeah. Good starting right? point. A little bit. Yeah. But trait theory took that and changed the question to what makes this person unique? Yeah. What traits of this person are unique, right? Which ones are prominent? which ones are kind of middle of the road. And when we do diagnostic assessment in, in the professional work of psychology, we, we don't do categories. No. We're using trait-based measures. And that idea of a continuum, if, if everyone thinks back to any sort of statistics class you've maybe had. Yes. Great fun. I think so. <laughs> I do too. Think of the bell curve. Yeah. Normal distribution. That's how traits lay out. Mm-hmm. Not That's in boxes, so cool. but right. rather along that continuum of a normal distribution. And so you're going to have a big chunk of people, most people actually, that aren't on an extreme end of a trait, right? which is where a category would want to put you, right. but rather kind of in the middle. Right. Little and of this, what, little of that. Yes. That's why you get so many people when they take a type-based assessment. Maybe one of the letters is like, yeah, definitely. But yes. most of them are like. Yeah, sometimes uh, maybe. Right. <laughs> and what, and again, do a, a, a geek watch on me here, but. You know, it's hard. What the type tools have done to modernize themselves is start to take some principles from trait theory and kind of apply it. So I'm a 52% extrovert, 48% introvert. And that's added a little bit of nuance to it. But the foundation that it all sits on is, is still categories. Right. And so we're limited there. What we have with trait theory is there's quite a number of aspects. Yes. Of personality. Multiple. Many, 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 many. Yeah. yeah. And they do organize themselves in different families. Yep. Right? But I love to think about this as 
some of these aspects in the same family are like siblings. Yeah. And some of these aspects in the same family are like cousins. Yeah. Right. When we look at the different families, there's such a rich nuance there within the family as well. Well, what are the siblings like? What are the cousins like? And they all align on these continuums in really unique ways to that individual. And we talk about that in in our work and in our assessment as sort of your flavor. And so, you know, yes, categorically, a lot of people are probably have more tendencies toward extroversion in general. But within that sort of category, you, you, you could have, let's just say, five people who are on the higher end of extroversion. Yeah. But what that looks like for all five people could be wildly different, right? Yeah. So, so what are the underlying traits and characteristics that inform right. what the flavor of that person's yeah. extroversion yes. is? Which is way more interesting than just saying, yeah, I'm extroverted. Here's the other mind blower. Okay. The trait psychology like blew the roof off this thing with. I think I know what you're going to say. The categories are not opposites. Yes. What? So it's not that you are either extroverted or introverted. Just, and I mean, there's other categories yeah. of course but we'll just stick with that one because most Stay people with that one. get it yeah or how we think what we actually yeah. know from the research is that there's really two ways that we can think about information right we can think about it conceptually which is sort of where i tend to do which is come up with like 18 different things that connect to this one idea right and abstractly but we can also think concretely which is really here and now. And here's the fascinating thing. Some people are really strong or high on both. Right. So conceptual thinking is not the opposite of concrete thinking. Right. It's, fa- it's, it's fascinating. So we find that people can be really prominent in both of those ways of thinking. And that right there, Tim, is the perfect example of where when we stop with categorical data, when right. we stop with just type-based tools, people miss out on a significant portion of who they really are. Yes. And what's really driving their behavior. Right. And we don't well, really have a shadow side that's like this, this mirror image of our type. We don't have that. And this this might be crossing the line here into what we promised. So bring me back in. One of the issues w- with how a lot of type-based tools are constructed is that they're constructed in an ipsative way, mm-hmm. meaning that as my quote-unquote score on one goes up. goes up, that means on the other, it must go down. To the same degree. Right. So the higher my conceptual thinking goes, the lower my concrete thinking must go on the tool, which is just not real. It's right. It's a limit. It's a huge limit. So if I know somebody's level of, of conceptual thinking, right, they might be at the 99th percentile. There you go. 
on conceptual thinking. I actually don't know anything about what percentile they're on. They're at on concrete thinking. I don't know. They're not at the first percentile, most likely. Right. So trait theory, just to sum, did two really important things. It looked at the nuance of the individual, right? The richness of that individual. So not all people who are high in extroversion look exactly the same, even if they have the same score. It also blew the roof off this idea that there are opposites. Right. And so I think (laughs) kind of getting back to well, what does that mean for how we think about humans? Yeah. It's artificial to say I'm like some people and different than other people in terms of I'm like these kinds of people in this category and therefore I'm different from people in that other category. Sure. Or opposite. Right. right? I'm not right. opposite of right. anybody. Right. And I've been sitting with this idea of peace a lot. <laughs> No, I'm not going off topic here, but if there's nothing to oppose me, Mm. if there's nothing that actually is opposing me, Mm -hmm. what's there to fight? Right? Like, what's there to fight for? Or with. Or with, right? Go back to the introverts and extroverts. There isn't this grand fight for energy. No. (laughs) No. I may be hearing another episode in there. I hope so. <laughs> um, I think, Champion of peace. So I guess the discussion sort of almost in a way, whether it does or doesn't, I just like to say the phrase as listeners know, it begs the question. Yes. When do you use what? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. we're not saying that there's no use of type-based no. tools. Right. There is. There's there's a use for all of it, but that that's the that's the core question that you always want to ask. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to do? What am I wanting to right. do? What what kind of decisions am I making? And mm-hmm. within the context of work, the world of work, it's actually very, very important uh, when you're making decisions about people that yeah. you're using right. the correct kind of data to make those mm-hmm. decisions. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, because yeah, it's illegal. If you're if you yeah. don't, you can get in trouble. And there's yeah. been a lot of there's been articles and even a couple documentaries lately just going after personality assessments. Yes. Yes. And I'm not going to reference any of these specifically because most of them, they really are not, well, just say they're not done fairly because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, (laughs) You can't, you can't make a categorical, here we go, statement that personality tests are not useful and shouldn't be used. Right. Which because ones? Because there are countless kinds, right? That are designed for different things. Yes. And a lot of the premise of these articles and, and whatnot is around used in hiring decisions. Right. And the kind of tools that they always reference are type-based tools. Right. Like the Myers-Briggs, uh, like right. DISC. And right. correct type-based tools should not be used in hiring decisions no, because there's no correct. predictive data. There's no predictive validity. And when you look in the manuals of these instruments, that's exactly what they say. 
They say it. Our tools are not validated for these uses. Right. So if somebody's using the tool incorrectly, is it the tool's fault? Exactly. So on one hand, what I'm hearing you say is these articles, and I think there was a really interesting one on HBO, actually yeah. movie about it. I haven't watched it. I heard I about did. it. I had a student in my personality assessment class share it with me and say, this is why I shouldn't be having to take your class. <laughs> oh, sure. Because these tests are junk. Sure. So I watched it and I came back and I said, they're spot on with exactly what they're pointing out is wrong yeah. in that it's using a tool for a purpose that it was never intended for. Right. And to your earlier point, not all personality tests are actually the same tool. Right. Right. They're not all, there are ones that are built and validated for use in hiring. And there's right. a, it's a much smaller number. And to that point, all of those, um, the ones that have reliable and valid predictive data, yeah, they're almost all trait-based tools. Right. Here's the other thing with that, too. About every 10 or 15 years, the kinds of traits that predict successful performance change. Right. Because right. the work environment in 2022 is very different than the work environment in 1982 and what actually was a successful criteria for leadership is different. It changes. Yeah. All of this changes. Very exciting. Well, it is exciting. I think we've done a great service here. (laughs) (laughs) Public service announcement. Because again, if you're using a, a, a personality assessment for hiring decisions, make sure that the assessment that you're using is validated for that reason. Yeah. There are many that aren't most popular tools, tools. that they're not. And, yeah. and I'm not saying this to slam that that's what they will tell you. Yeah. Right? The published, the, the publisher of these tools will tell you in the, in the manual, this is not validated for use in hiring. If you get sued, it's your fault. You can't come at us because we told you you can't yes. use this to justify hiring decisions. Exactly. Trait-based tools, big five tools, yeah. our tool, it's validated for hiring because we have predictive data to show that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're using a tool, you know, to increase self-awareness and you know, get a better sense of right. you know how to work together as a Absolutely. team, not making Boom. decisions on where people should go and want yeah, all kinds of tools. That's really what their intended yeah. purpose is. I really like what you said there around there's a lot of tools out there for insight that can give us some yes. level of insight. And I want to be clear, insight is valuable. There's some use to it, right? Absolutely. So I can see where, you know, my team's at in terms of how they tend to think, right? Yep. And are there some, do we have a, a more conceptual thinkers or do we have more concrete thinkers, right? Are we more focused on how people are feeling about something versus our outcomes and are we hitting it? So we can get some really key insight, initial insight into 
on that category level, how are we a little bit the same? How are we a little bit different? And I want to infuse, I'm not trying to be Gandhi here, but because we sit on different sides of something doesn't mean that we oppose each other. It actually means that we complement each other. And so these four kind of vectors or questions that get asked in the core type tool, where do people get their energy? How do they think and process information? What are they focusing on when they're making decisions or evaluating situations? Right. And the last one, right? Where do they get their motivation and drive from? Those are really important questions to to, to know the answer to about groups and teams. That's why we made our ADW profile Cyplex report free because you get that free information. And we want to get that out there yeah. for everybody to have because there's a helpful initial bit of insight that we believe everybody should know about themselves and others. Yeah. And that's the starting point. Right. That's not the ending point. Because there's there more is the story. so much more to the story about who I am, what makes me me, what are my uniquenesses, and that's all answered through exploring what are my traits. Yeah, that the right? deeper levels, more the flavor. than those four questions. Yeah. Flavor, getting into how I think about myself. Yeah, right. Yeah. Getting into what do I value and need to feel secure. We can explore those things too. Mm-hmm. And that's really trait theory. Yeah. So they can did play I get, together. Did I get preachy? Well, <laughs> Ask our, our listeners I'm, to comment. I'm preachy in almost every moment of the podcast. So uh, <laughs> that's, I own it though, right? At the risk of maybe sounding um, a little braggadocious. I, I think it's one of the things I'm proud of about our tool which is, of course, it's based in, in trait theory, mm-hmm. um, measuring 40 aspects of personality. And, you know, because of the ways that organizing around types can be helpful mm-hmm. for people, you know, we've taken those 40 aspects and, and combined them in a way that you can look at it from a type perspective. Yeah. But still get beyond that. Um, right. To go deeper. Yeah. Oh, I think we have solved the, the problem. <laughs> there was a problem to solve, but I, I just wanted to talk about, yes, you know, there's a, there's a distinction. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it probably comes down to what are you using the information for and understanding Absolutely. what are the limitations of this information yes. in terms of, of what it can help me understand. Mm-hmm. And the second I use it for anything other than peace, then you're not using I'm it for peace. I'm obsessed with peace, aren't I? Well, <laughs> to be continued, perhaps. Yeah. You know what's also very peaceful? This is my really sad attempt at a segue. This is cool. I want I want everyone to know about this because I'm really excited about it. And we've had we've had people start applying already. Oh, uh, we have yeah. just announced scholarships for the Humanity at Work conference, mm-hmm. um, which you'll find if you go to a deeperway.com slash conference, 
you'll see right at the top of the page and at the bottom of the page and all over the page links to the scholarship information. Uh, and there's all kinds of ways that that people can qualify to receive that yeah. scholarship. Students, early career professionals, people who identify as part of historically marginalized or oppressed communities, um, the early leaders. I think yep. we put the criteria three years or less. Nonprofit uh, employees. Mm-hmm. And so really encourage you to take a look at that. You know, if, if resources weren't a prohibitive factor for you, um, hopefully that scholarship opportunity uh, will help. And we're accepting those applications on a rolling basis for a few more weeks. So really just takes a couple minutes to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Apply is a strong word. It's, you know, just fill out some, some real quick information. Worth a shot, right? What do you got to lose? A couple of minutes and then and get back to what you're doing. So a deeperway.com slash conference registration deadline for the conference itself is fast approaching. Uh, so if you are, and, and we do have a cap capacity on the space that we're in. So if you are planning on yeah. attending, I would encourage you to get that registration in mm-hmm. so we can make sure you, we have a seat for you because it's going to be here it's real coming. soon. Yeah. What about folks who are interested in finding out what their personality type might be for free? Tough luck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, no our website. Well, as you mentioned, and all of this will be in the show notes, of course. Um, Absolutely. But actually, if you just go to a deeperway.com, click the button right there. You can't miss it. Uh, get your free type. Yeah, and opportunities to do deeper. Or if you want to direct a deeperway.com slash profile, that'll take yep. you there too. Yep. Um, Did we do intentions? I'll go first this time. Yeah. I usually have not. This is unprecedented. The first time in psychology at work history, mm-hmm. what I've decided, oh. I'm going to continue mm. with the same intention. Because I, like I found it. it so beneficial. And so I'm going to keep on the forefront this idea of asking myself, well, is this something I need or want? Mm. I, should, I shall report back my findings. I'm going to do one simple thing when I'm listening to somebody okay. or in conversation with somebody. And I'm going to try to do this in as many conversations as I can. Okay. When there's a silence or a lull, I'm going to say to that person, tell me more. My favorite three words. Mm, Not going to connect it to anything. I'm not. Nope. Tell me more. Oh, I'm excited. Well, that'll be great fun. Well, there we go. In the meantime, talk to you. Drive safe.